0: In this case in Kenya, they were busted putting, surreptitiously getting out 40% infertility vaccines with regular tetanus shots. And then their schedules, they were deploying it with every six months. Every tetanus shot is every 10 years. They had the fertility regulating vaccine schedule was every six months. So you hit the woman every six months for two and a half years and you can be sure she'll be sterile for at least five years, right? So it's like they were doing that in Kenya and then they were caught, forty percent of them. I mean people is a war crime level shit. Then they were like, so now now we're seeing they little out these COVID shots, same manufacturers, same distributors, like is as this other case. Also, military guarding the vials. What the fuck is the military doing guarding the vials? It's just completely out of like
1: suspicious. <laughs> You want financial freedom, time freedom, location freedom? Want to live large and live free? Then come with me.
2: Come then. Come then, Our country is based on agriculture.
3: Why need to go my cows? Why my farm need to close? Everyone has someone in their family who was once a farmer. The manure is
2: in the Netherlands, which is ammonia, which is a, f- a form of uh, nitrogen, which is bad for the environment, bad for nature. They have declared that nitrogen is the major problem. Well, I'm an expert in nitrogen and I dare to say it is not. It's it's a crock of shit.
4: We are actually discussing waving goodbye to our farmers. 20 years ago you would not have dreamt that this would have happened.
3: We had a lot of problems with the nitrogen uh, rules because our farm is near to and in nature 2000.
4: These are hardworking people, they're paying taxes, they've worked their land for sometimes 10-15 generations.
2: I think the political system, like we have it in the Netherlands now, is totally broken.
4: They are really suffering. Six farmers have actually hanged themselves
2: because of this new policy. Farmers have to reduce the use of of, of nitrogen.
3: Our government, let's say, we need to uh, reduce 95% uh, of nitrogen uh, in this uh, Nature 2000
2: area. Our intention is to explain why this is so important for them and for nature. Uh-huh. But not to change the goals of the policy. That's not the case. That's not gonna happen. They have created a huge problem for themselves and the farmers are now really angry.
0: We're wasting billions and billions on a nightmare.
2: government has to do what the government has to do sometimes, which is painful. Uh, but there is also 25 billion euro for small countries in the Netherlands uh-huh. to help farmers to get a better life, to help nature, to restore. The effects they use Um, are not connecting together
0: we have a food shortage a water shortage an energy shortage it's it's catastrophe upon catastrophe
2: the farmers are targeted and why are the farmers targeted because they have land they need to build houses
0: they need to build factories they have to build highways they're not even hiding I think the government is not uh, working for the Dutch people we're killing our own
2: food supply. You get uh, governments and, and, and politicians who, who know
0: better how to farm than we know how to farm. The main issue here is fear. Once the, the people are, are frightened, you can do whatever you want with them.
3: They're taking away the security. You can't be safe without being free. I, I always say it's better to die fighting uh, than, to, than to sit on your knees.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host Bryce Robertson, and today, my friends, we have a special guest back again for rounds two, Mr. James Patrick, the producer of Planet Lockdown, the awesome documentary that showed us the real truth of what was really happening behind the scenes while all this COVID stuff was being rolled out. And uh, I know there's been a lot of things that have actually been happening between now and last time we spoke, and I'm really excited to dig into that with you, James. James, welcome to Freedom Hack Radio again. Hi, thanks for having me again. So a place I always love to start. What's given you the most gratitude today, brother? Um, I guess let's see uh,
0: having a beautiful sunny day and uh, yeah, being in a nice area and um, lots of lots of projects to take care of, even if you yeah. are about crazy topics.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, I know a lot of this is crazy topics. um, but They're important things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I really noticed um, being an Australian and traveling all over the world and now living in the States is that for most of the world, we actually, when when the news comes on, and I, I don't necessarily think the news is the best source of information, but when the news comes on, we actually um, see some local news, maybe some state news and some federal news. And then we see some international news. And so when I grew up in Australia, I was seeing tons of the things that were happening in Europe, a lot of the things that were happening in the UK. Um, When I was in the UK, I was hearing about things that were happening in America and, and in Australia and in Africa and different places in the world. And it seems like most countries outside of America share what's happening all over the world on their news. But then I come to America and it's very, it's very like micro down on the only information that we actually hear here on the news. And again, I don't think it's the most accurate information is information that relates to what America is doing in the world. So the only international news we really hear about is Um, You know, is the military doing some kind of peacekeeping somewhere else, or is there some kind of um, war or is there a debate with other politicians or a battle with other countries, we don't really hear independently what's happening in France, what's happening in Holland what's happening in the UK what's happening in Australia. And the interesting thing is, you know, very well, because you've actually been studying this and interviewing people and traveling all over the world, uncovering all of this information. There is so much happening all over the world right now. I mean, you know, we just recently had some bank failures here in the States. And I've been talking about this for quite a long time because there's been about 100 and maybe 120 uh, bank runs in history. And about 20 of those have happened in the last few years. There's tons of this kind of stuff that's already happening in other countries. We don't hear about it here in America unless we've got people like you that are sharing things with us that are going out and researching it unless we're independently going out and looking for it. So I'm really excited to share some of the information Um, That you've been working on and some of the things that you've been uncovering and collaborating with because, man, there's a lot of stuff happening and one place I'd like to start is, uh, is with nitrogen 2000 the Dutch farmers story. And so, um, you know, I watched the previews for that. And it seems to me like the government over in, in Holland is actually saying, hey, uh, global warming is actually happening because of your livestock and the nitrogen in the poop of your livestock. And so we have to close down your farms and basically claim your land because you're bad people, you know, and it's just kind of like mind boggling to me. But what's really happening with all of this over there in in Holland? Well, the argument they're making
0: isn't uh, global warming related. I think that's why there's kind of an opportunity here to explode this myth, Um, because what they're everyone's they're really arguing that nitrogen is pollution, which is which is like 78% of the air, and it's the main uh, ingredient in fertilizer. It's like the three macronutrients of fertilizer are, are, are nitrogen, potassium phosphate. And so they're arguing that basically cow manure is pollution or is it is is, is an emission of, of, they're calling it emissions, you know, and they, that if a cow pees or poops, that it's a regulatable, uh, Pollution and so there's there's these nature two thousand areas they've designated eighteen percent of the EU as nature reserve in since nineteen ninety and so the most of those areas are are in are in big forests you know in in most EU countries but in Holland it's so developed since five hundred years they cut every tree down every every last inch is 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 developed so there they sprinkle the one hundred and sixty two little nature 2000 areas around holland so the government's arguing that that nitrogen deposit. 70 70 percent of holland is owned by small cow farmers so they're moving to nationalize forced by half of those farms so Forced by part holland forced purchase nationalized in a sort of eminent domain type way so wow. the story is really the the nationalization of a third of holland which is a huge story yeah and they're using the argument that oh well the cows pee and poop somehow they have these government computer models that say well the poop will fly in the air the nitrogen deposits will fly in the air and land on these nature 2000 plots and and because we arbitrarily want to favor little plants out of 100 common 150 common plants they arbitrarily want to favor little ones like orchids that only grow this high so they're arguing if this nitrogen flies in the air and settles there which is a false assumption of these models then nettles will grow high give shade to the orchids and then uh for biodiversity argument we have to bankrupt all these dutch cow farmers because i mean the the whole argument it took me a week to figure out what was the argument and it was like so absurd i was like you've got to be kidding me that this is this is the argument they're making, which is completely frivolous to nationalize the third of the country and screw out all their, their cow farmers, which is such a quintessential Dutch icon of Holland, like the, the Gouda, the clogs, the big dude. Dutch with the cheese and milking the cows and stuff.
1: I was in Holland in like 2019. I've actually been there a few times and uh, dude, it's beautiful. They've got all these like awesome waterways. And uh, all these little cottages and uh, they've got little sheep and cows and it's like it's like all these beautiful little farms with all these beautiful flowers growing and it's it's one of the most like luscious and abundant little areas and it's it's beautiful and I understand, um, you know, Western Europe is a busy area it's kind of like if you look at America. The, the whole Western Europe section is probably like, you know, the Southern California or something. It's like where most of the people live. It's pretty like real estate is, I suppose, um, an yeah. admirable equal, uh, commodity there. Right. So I could see why the powers that be would want to try and claim this land to use it for whatever they want to, They've, you know, listening to this though, the thing that like triggered for me is I know simultaneously here in the States, Bill Gates is saying that by 2030, uh, the main types of meats that we're going to be eating or he would like the general public in America to be eating or have available the lab meats, the, the kind mm. of meats that he's are making um, in laboratories, which that's a whole nother rabbit hole because there's all sorts well, of like crazy findings with things- it's related, yeah, well, I think it's connected, yeah. And, and there, he's over here, the largest landowner um in america farmland owner and uh i mean i just can't help but like correlate the two right it's it's almost like it's all working towards the same desired conclusion to to take all of this land from farmers like all over the world no no there's stuff happening in germany as well and um i mean what are your thoughts on all this
0: yeah there are, it, it does appear to be reconnected i mean or connected there's there's basically a third of Holland getting or attempting to be nationalized and that's a, the way this scheme is working is, is half a dozen NGOs that, that some oligarchs are controlling, they get the government to pay for the budget of the NGOs, and they lobby for this policy to nationalize the land. And then they got the government of the people to pay for a 25 billion euro fund to then buy out the land. And then the, the NGOs become custodians of the land after that, and in many cases put cows back on the land. So. These pricks don't have to put a dollar down or a euro down, and they get total control of the of the land. And it's a really clever scheme. So, you know, also things in the background in this story are like, you know, like you said, the Gates buying the land. There's hundreds of. Uh, I don't get into this stuff in the film, but but there's been hundreds of arsons of food processing plants in the U.S. and Europe on um, the last since 2000. There's been um, BlackRock and Vanguard have been buying heavily into the food industry the last couple of years, last three years, been buying like 20, 25 percent stake in, in companies across the food sectors. So it, it it just looks like I think there's two things going on in the story. One is the re- somehow they're restructuring the food system, maybe hostile takeover, arsoning existing com- companies, maybe force buying them at less and then changing their operations around. I mean, it, I'm just guessing here, but. It's just like when you see all these huge things happen in the same sector in the same period, you got to wonder if if those are, I mean, there's clearly some coordinated arsoning. I don't think there's a lot of
1: police investigation of that, which there should be. There's a, there's another red flag that went off for me. So before I was saying there's the Bill Gates saying, hey, um, by 2030, we, um, the main type of meats that people will be eating in America is laboratory meat. Yeah, this is and, impossible. Uh,
0: Shit. I mean which, I went to which the, interestingly, department.
1: he actually owns on that side the the laboratory meat. So that's interesting. And who knows what they're putting in that. But simultaneously, while that's happening, on this side, the World Economic Forum is saying by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. And both of these things seem like they're, they're playing there. Um, like that whole you'll own nothing and be happy. They've got, I've seen big forces behind the scenes buying up real estate um, here in the States, buying up single family homes, buying up apartments. I'm sure they're doing that on a global scale. I mean, the World Economic Forum is not just in America. I mean, it's, it's all over the world, right? So it seems like both of those forces are at play. We'll control the land and we'll control the food. And if you can control the land and control the food, you can definitely have more power to control the people, which is, it's scary, dude. And sorry for cutting you off there.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, then there's this other thing about controlling the land that I think that's, um, like, one thing I noticed, I was like, what? well, just to finish the food thing. And also the Dutch farmers appear to be a target because they're the most efficient farmers in the world. So they produce 6% of EU's food. Um, they produce more food per hectare than any other farmer in the world. So kneecapping them, number one is they're very sovereign and number two is they're they're, they're very efficient. So if you want to digitize, robotize the industry, which is what these uh, p- big private asset companies are doing with the food sector now that they're buying into it, I think that, that fits in with that. And then their um, other thing is controlling the land. So I, I noticed I was watching all these a typical argument we hear against cows is like the burp, burps and the farts that, oh, the methane is so bad. And these evil cows have this burps and farts. And it's just like totally ridiculous. So, so I was like, then I was watching some videos, some anti-cow videos. It was one from PBS I was watching and they were like, see I, they were like, oh, you know, 25% of global land cover is used to graze livestock. And I was like, hold on a minute. Like, are they, are they creating all these different arguments in the public mind, like the methane and now in Holland, nitrogen, and then they say runoff. They're, the press is cooking up all these anti-cow ideas and, and fostering them in people's minds. Like, are they building enough public support against cows that the people agree to really throwing all these ranchers around the world off their land and, and getting control of that land? Is it is it a propaganda to seize land, you know? Is it?
1: And that's it's not like- just happening with livestock. It's happening with um, you know people harvesting vegetables and crops. And uh, I think what was it, Nebraska? I think two years ago we were seeing all the videos of the Nebraska farmers that are saying, well, "Yeah, we just got we got told that we're going to get paid double uh, what we normally get paid to harvest our crops to slay them now." And then now there's like wheat problems, and that's where a lot of the wheat comes from. And it's, it's, it's like, um, it looks like it's being attacked on all angles from, you know, our, our vegetables, our, our grains, our livestock, like our food, man, our water, our land, like all of the basic things that uh, we really, if you go back in history, these were the basic things that man had to, to survive on, you know?
0: Yeah yeah the natural resources like i think kissinger once said he's like get your get control of the food you control the people if you control the energy you can control whole continents and you controls the money controls the world so that's what we're gearing up for is this central bank digital currency thing coming out later this year
1: yeah and so i know um you know i the this documentary nitro 2000 you actually had nitrogen 2000 you had an amazing scientists on there that are just like hey i specialize in nitrogen this is bullshit this like what they're saying is just absolute complete utter absurdity um and that's a really awesome thing about your documentaries is that you bring facts and data to the table to actually show um how wild some of these scenarios are
2: belligerent Stalin addresses a closed party session in October 1925. He declares war on Russia's farmers. The kulaks are traditional enemies of central authority. He lashes out. Kulaks are the stronghold of counter-revolution. Rise up in arms against the kulaks, liquidate the kulak class. The Netherlands is one of many nations that's been taking measures to reduce its nitrogen pollution. And a number of farms may have to be closed down. In order to restore nature, we have to reduce the number of animals in the Netherlands. Part of the Dutch plan is to buy out farms which are uh, being seen as being uh, pollutant.
3: Lots of questions about their future, so they want some answers from the government. What will happen to us? Environmental groups have said more reductions, more cattle has to disappear. They are using the narrative of nitrogen to to get rid of us, but um, actually we're doing a very important part, we're feeding the Netherlands, we're feeding a big part of Europe. The population is rising, so consumption is rising, but we want to cut production. This is very illogical.
2: What if people just were encouraged to eat less meat or to you know, eat
3: less dairy? They're taking away the security, and of course they have all these ideas about where we could get our food from in the future, but this is not at all a
1: reassuring. Bill Gates and big names in Hollywood are pushing to eat bugs as a way to prevent climate change. Bugs are high in protein and could replace the high intake of beef, chicken, and pork Critics against eating meat say raising these animals is adding to pollution.
2: And as the world tries to cut back on pollutants to save the planet, people's source of food could be affected. The intention sounds so great. Everybody wants to save the planet, save the earth. Great, great, great. It's just like
4: praise praise God. Praising God is always great. But if you look at the consequences, it just means you make everything so much expensive that you create uh, abject poverty for you. Uh, destroy the the middle class. You make the lower class even poorer. En you only have a small elite in their networks. Ministers
2: en mensen van grote natuurorganisaties. Zoals Greenpeace, de vogelbescherming en natuurmonumenten. gaan er praten over de stikstofplannen. Het probleem wordt alleen maar erger. Dus je moet gewoon nu wat doen. Boze boeren die op verschillende plaatsen in het land protesteren.
3: De boeren voeren ook vandaag weer actie. Op dit moment wordt de brug op de UN-experts
2: concluded the world needs to cut the amount of nitrogen emissions in half to avoid disastrous consequences. De manure is in the Netherlands, which is ammonia, which is a vorm f- of uh, nitrogen, which is bad voor the environment, bad for nature. And they have declared that nitrogen is the major problem. Well, I'm an expert in nitrogen and I dare to say it is not.
1: One of the things that we saw in the beginning of the trailer for Nitrogen 2000 is um, the way that Stalin was actually um, doing what he was doing back. This is way back in the heyday, and it kind of seems pretty similar to what's happening here now in today's environment in the Dutch farming issue here. So do you want to speak to that?
0: Yeah, in the Stalinist period, he... Made war on the farmers because they were more independent-minded and were, uh, resisting the communist rule more. And so he progressively started disenfranchising them until, at one point, he gave like thirty thousand guys pistols and just told them to run out and start shooting them. So it got pretty bad there. <laughs> they they called it the Dekulakization period. So um, there's a lot of parallels here. You know, the rural people. Are not buying these government narratives as much. They're more on the land. They're more connected with things. They're uh, more skeptical of government authority. More traditional. More conservative. So eliminating these people is kind of a priority. If your push is to have a, a a more powerful state, and by and large, you know, the city, they're less propagandized by the media. The city people in Holland. If you go to Holland now and talk to them about all this, the city people are 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 more sympathetic to the government propaganda they're just exposed to more of it. Um, they'll say, oh, so, oh there's two sides to this you know nitrogen could be pollution. I mean people need to use their brains like the cow manure has been used forever for for farming. it's good for nature. It's these the, policy is not even about biodiversity or re, if they really wanted to rewild on, they would just not do anything. And forests would regrow back. They wouldn't be saying, "Oh, we only want little plants and not like knee-high ones." I mean, that's just absurd. Like, if you really, re, if you really wanted to rewild it, you let it go back to forests and you let it go run nuts, and there'd be more nitrogen. There'd be more. There'd be a woods would grow back. They don't want that. They want to preserve the farm field, but just under NGO government control, really some oligarchical control, and not some independent little
1: farmer. So and this is human nature. I mean, this is like planet earth. This is what God created uh, animals and trees and plants. I mean, obviously they're not bad things. Um, it's just total like extortion. And uh The interesting thing is when you were saying that the city people are kind of saying, well, you know, we're 50-50 on it. It's perfectly in today's environment. Most people live a busy life where they don't have enough time to research things because they're, they're hurrying up and having their microwave meals to go to freaking work and come back and take care of the kids. And then, you know, listen to some news on the radio, listen to some news here and there. And then we hear things in like five different places, all coming from like the same media force. And we're like, whoa, I've heard that five times now. It must be true. I'm not going to look into it. I'm not going to do any research to it. And I'm going to base my opinion off what I'm hearing, what everybody else is saying. Um, It's just, it's like manipulation of human psychology. And um, it's kind of mind boggling. To just see that, you know, critical thinking has been lost, but it's in a perfect environment where people don't, well, people probably do have the time, but people don't carve out the time to investigate things like this, they don't carve out the time to really stop and think about what is going on? Hey, what do I really think about that? Let me look into that thing. And if we if we really break it all down, there's so many things to look into right now because there's so much propaganda happening all over the world with our financial sectors, our health sectors, our food sectors. Like, dude, it's it's a lot to keep up with. And that's why I really appreciate you going out there and sharing this kind of information and putting these documentaries together. So uh, what kind of people have you brought in on the mix for this documentary?
0: Uh, I got two Dutch farmer leaders from those two main groups, Agritzi and and Farmer's Defense Force. So I got two leaders of those groups. Um, I got one farmer who lives in and near Nature 2000 uh, place designation. Um, Then I got two members of Parliament, one who's architecting the plan, one who's against it. And then I got a, that government scientist who wrote reports debunking the models, and um, and like a political pundit kind of talking about it. So so yeah, I got it was all I shot these seven interviews in like six days. So it's a pretty packed six days. I was I was there in Holland shooting two interviews for another film, and then got in touch with the farmers groups to to just I was like just hey I'll do a few interviews and put them out there to help them out. But then um, when I got there, it was like such a big story. I was like, oh, I need to report more on this because this is there was upside down. Dutch flags hanging everywhere as a maritime sign of a vessel in distress. They're saying the nation's in distress. And then um, there's every third farm had protester signs on it. So I was like, this is a huge story. What's going on here? And then got into it and did these two interviews I mentioned. And then just that led to more and more and just made a whole film out of it. it was just Driving around Holland, to seven, nine interviews in six days. So, so I'm,
1: like, I'm curious, man, because uh, like he, we're not hearing about that in the states here. Obviously, are they hearing about that in Europe? Like, if you go to France, are they talking about it? Are they, are no. they talking about it in the UK? So it's kind I, of like it's kept. It's like a huge have, thing that's happening, and no one's speaking about it.
0: Basically, I mean, like I'm telling you, it's it's a little bit of a complicated story. So the mainstream is not reporting it, and the alternative you know, it's not, not bright enough to figure it out. Everyone's just saying, Oh, well, there's just a uh, protest. And then like, like I was there and there was these rebel news guys who were there just before me. They spent two weeks just trying to film protesters burning things. And you're just like, get some is, like, yeah, like, you guys are it. hacks. Like they're, you're not reporting the story. You're not saying the facts. You're not talking with the people involved. You just want to get protests. on. It's, the story is not protests. The story is they're having their land stolen from them under a ridiculous argument and like get into the nitty gritty so there's a real problem in the alternative media just not being professional and there's a real problem in the mainstream not being professional too no no one's reporting the stories that need to be told and 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 it's just it's a hassle like you know they, everyone wants to see a protest or like some burning car or something it's like well why are they burning the car you know like yeah what is the reason? Why are they pissed off? What, what, what's going on? Like, I mean, this, I've never heard of such a big story. Is a third of Holland getting nationalized.
1: And so what is actually happening with that? Can we dig into the weeds of like, actually this being effective? Like how far are we down the line of these farmers having their land taken from them? Uh, is there a deadline where if they don't move out of the way the government's going to step in and and they actually take it how far has it gone through is there anything we can do to like you know push back or like what's i think what there was the specifically
0: of an election um where a more mo- the most moderate farmer party won a big chunk of the senate or the parliament so that's a good sign that they won but but i've also heard they're kind of like it they say that nitrogen is polluted the bbb they say nitrogen is pollution you know there's but it's sh- they shouldn't just regulate the farmers so hard. So they're they're a bit moderate for for their own sake. The 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 more hard staunch parties that are like this is a fraud lost a lot of seats in the recent election. So you know a lot of people are not happy with those results because they're not. And then and then there's rumors about I think the BBB was founded by some former Monsanto employees uh, that may or may not be an, a conspiracy or an issue or something like that. But um, either way, I think the policy will slow, but I don't know, it's like the members in the, in the government's marketing material, they say, oh, we want to do this by 2030, but now they're moving quicker to do it faster. So this is one technique that's used a lot is um, that like, this was going on with this WHO treaty. They'll be like, oh, we're going to do it in three years. And then they're like rushed to do it this year while everyone's guard is down. So I think that's what they're doing with this too. They're saying 2030, they want the, to steal a third of the farms, but it looks like they were moving to do it this summer or, or, or shortly thereafter. So, wow. of, so it's, I don't know, I don't know how close we are to it or how imminent the threat is because that's part of the deception
1: and this is the challenge with, uh, I suppose, media as a generalization today, the information that we receive of, of events that are happening um, in current times, this, especially here in the States, the media seems to focus massively on a particular topic or a couple of particular topics. There's like tons of other things that are actually happening behind the scenes. This is one thing. How many other things are happening in Europe? How many things are happening in Africa? How many things are happening in South and Central and South America, Asia? I mean, there's like this kind of stuff's probably happening all over the place right now. And um, we just don't even know about it. And the scary part is, is when are we going to find out about it? Are we going to find out about it when it's too late to do something about it? Um, I think it's kind of a little bit designed like that. So um, so on this documentary, when when is this documentary coming out?
0: Uh, this one, uh, it's not quite clear because I've put like a third of it on the YouTube, my YouTube channel, big big picture with James Patrick, but um, I'm going to send it through the festivals. So it's probably a six month process.
1: Okay, so we're six probably months. about six months out um, and we're actually going to go ahead and we'll have our editors put the uh, link in, in in the show notes down below when it actually is available. Um, and to actually keep up the pace with what you're working on, a lot of your projects, um, a lot of our viewers can go over to Big Picture dot Watch to actually check out what you got going on. I'm assuming they can get some updates over there too. Yeah,
0: yeah. This this other film working on uh, called Where's My Period? I think it will be out sooner. I mm-hmm. think the Dutch farmer one has the most like ability to get into the mainstream and make a big splash because mm-hmm. like, people have been so propagandized against carbon dioxide. But they really have not been propagandized against nitrogen. So, and I showed it to a lot of hardcore greeny global warmers, and and they were like receptive to the story and in the film. So my thinking is to get it in environmental film festivals and get a big splash in the mainstream, and then and then that'll help get more word out to to more people that are asleep. Because it's like the problem we have is like we were in this echo chamber of like people that get it. And it's like, great! You make another vaccine movie. You make another, you know. I don't want to be king of the conspiracy movies. I, I want to like get these things out into the the normal world, and then have them like bring those people over to to understanding. You know, that's really the the goal is to be waking people up, and not just preaching to the choir. You know, because that's uh, it's a frustrating thing for my work. Is like great, I can make another, you know, people are like, oh, great, another COVID video. I mean, but it's that's not the quality of the stuff I'm doing. I'm doing like a higher quality work. So um, I, I hope to bridge that gap more with my work. And I think of the three films I'm doing now, this one has the most opportunity for that. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I think we're seeing um, a lot of people waking up, so to speak, a lot of people going, wait up, you know, this just doesn't feel right. And I'm, I'm really starting to want to look into these things. Because there's just so many different things that are happening, things happening with corruption in our banking sectors, there's um, corruption with politics, which most people should know that by now, if you don't, then you've probably been living under a rock, then, you know, they're attacking our food, they're attacking our health. Um, I mean, it's, it's wild, man, um, on that topic of health, coming back to it, you were talking about your documentary, where's my period actually coming out, uh, probably earlier than nitrogen 2000. And that is a whole big topic. I'd love to for you to unpack that for us. Um, I know that there's a lot of talk around, um, you know, since the vaccines, there's been, uh, men who actually their sperm is, is no good and unvaccinated sperm is almost like hot commodity. And then there's this whole story with women and where's my period? So can you, can you unpack this for us?
3: I get uh, vaccinated last year. And then I had uh, menstrual trouble, a lot of uh, bleeding. And when I was talking with my uh, doctor, she doesn't see what I mean. I had no answer, she was just not listening. When I started the Instagram account, a lot of testimonies came. Instagram account went uh, to be bigger and bigger. It was very quick. And I had, uh, I think, Four thousand and a half testimonies in four months. And then I went to the French Senate with my lawyer, Diane Prota.
4: We have put into light uh, the problem that suffered lots of women. This is something that is natural. When you have a contract, you are liable for what you sell. Uh, in this contract that we have with the European Union, well, this liability doesn't exist. As a European uh, citizen, we have a right to transparency. What we are facing today in France is uh, the assumption by our government and by our uh, national health agencies that these products works. We know it's a lie.
3: At first, you are afraid because your, your body is not working. And so you're saying, what is happening? What is wrong with me? Miscarriage, adenomia, early menopause, endometriosis, amenorrhea, menorrhagia, Uh, A lot are bleeding all the time, but a lot are not bleeding at all.
4: The doctors say, oh, well, your period will not come back. You are menopause. When women develop heavy bleedings after the vaccination, they give to them this medication, Exacyl, but it doesn't work anymore. And the only solution that uh, the doctors give them is to go for hysterectomia. We have to to break this silent wall. We have to stop this. We have to find a solution. We have to know what is happening to the women.
3: I have two young daughters and I don't want to let them in that kind of world. So if uh, they can't have baby anymore, what are we going to do?
0: there's a group in France called Oué Moncicle, or where's my period. And they, they, it was a woman, a cabinet maker, an hour North of Paris, took the vaccine and then uh, had massive hemorrhaging not like heavy normal period, but like really hemorrhaging, couldn't leave the house. And then, and then um, she's told by her gynecologist, Oh, this is normal. You're a conspiracy theorist for connecting it with the shot. And so she made an Instagram page called Oué and like, now up to ten thousand uh, testimonies have come into her.
1: Um, so because she was a leading example, saying, "Hey, ladies, here's something that's happening with me. Like, you know, was is, is anybody else having a similar experience?" And there's like ten thousand people.
0: Yeah, she had forty five hundred in four months, and then now it's up to ten thousand. But after like a year, year and a half, but she's really um, her. her so basically, I got two. Uh, French flight attendants who took the shot, and one had had to go through a full hysterectomy. Another one, uh, they all had this massive hemorrhaging issue. We're seeing increasing levels of miscarriage rates. And I, I talked to a girl who's 30, she had premature menopause at 30. Uh, getting her doctors telling her conspiracy theorists for even connecting it to the vaccine. The cell geneticist was like, oh, it's probably your genes but maybe it could be the vaccine that did that. So they're being gaslit, And basically, I mean, there, there, there was one pharmacovigilance app in the in US called BSafe. That that app was showing about 20, 25% of women in the US are getting egregious menstrual and fertility issues, um, miscarriages, stillbirths from the vaccine. So um, there's another indicative case that happened in Kenya, um, Where in 2014 the the there was a there was a neonatal tetanus campaign in Kenya where the Gates Gavi funded WHO distributed vaccine tetanus vaccines they were manufactured by Serum Institute of India who's this awful company that was has produced over a couple billion shots of very close to people war criminals they were caught red-handed deploying. In fertility regulating vaccines is the technical term they use, where they take the HCG compound. Uh, it's like a hormone, the most common, important hormone for female pregnant. And subsequent generations of these technologies are secretive. But if we go back early 70s, the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Health Organization, and the Institute in India were all doing work on these sterilization vaccines, they would have like a temporary sterilizing effect on the woman. And they would take hCG and bind it with tetanus, give it in a vaccine with an adjuvant, And the woman will have autoimmune response against tetanus and her own fertility hormone. So in this case in Kenya, they were busted putting surreptitiously substituting out 40% infertility vaccines with regular tetanus shots. And then their schedules, they were deploying it with every six months. Every tetanus shot is every 10 years they had the fertility regulating vaccine schedule was every six months. So you hit the woman every six months for th- two and a half years and you can be sure she'll be sterile for at least five years, right? So it's like, they were doing that in Kenya and then they were caught, 40% of them. I mean, it's, people, it's a war crime level shit. Then they were like, so now, now we're seeing they little out these COVID shots, same manufacturers, same distributors, like is, is this other case, also, military guarding the vials. What the fuck is the military doing guarding the vials? It's just completely out of like suspicious. Mm-hmm. These vaccines that they're doing here on COVID are were not authorized by FDA, but authorized by the DoD as a countermeasure prototype. So that that's been coming out now. I'm going to do some interviews to people about that. But this whole FDA trial was a sh- charade to get public support and they had military guarding the vials. And they're saying, just like in the Kenya case, they're saying the analysis, analysis of the vials is illegal. Is the, if if you're you not allowed to see the ingredients of these COVID-19 vaccines are secret, they're they're guarding them with a legal military structure. They have the military distributing them and then they got legal language saying it's a felony to even to do anything but inject it in the patient. So this just, just raised a lot of suspicions for people as to the true contents and motivations for these vaccines you
1: know yeah totally man and like is there any studies that have been done yet that are actually tracking what's happening with like male sperm and tracking what's happening with the ability for women to actually have babies after you know having a shot is it is it like um decreased after one shot if, if there's multiple shots, does it make it worse? Like do we have any like data on any of that yet? I don't know if it's like too soon. I mean in studies. no, I mean, they're just
0: not doing it or they're keeping it secret or they're canceling programs. in, in France, they had a program called COVID-Preg, uh that was to analyze fertility effects of vaccines. they just they just quietly canceled the program. Um, with no statement. just you can't find any reference to it now anywhere. Um, in the US, like I said, it's the little bits of data are coming out of the government statistics, like the vSAFE data I was mentioning. In one 60 page CDC presentation, they had one slide on it saying it in a little text on the bottom. I mean, but it's just like the, the, the government is is being incredibly suspiciously silent, evasive, hiding data, changing the way you can access public data. Now they're saying you can't even access public data. So this is just a criminal behavior. I mean, like if if they're if they're just doing influenza-like illness vaccines, what what the hell is there to hide? What, what why all this suspicious behavior? You know? I mean, I'm an investigator, I'll tell you, suspicious people act suspiciously, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when people act suspiciously, it's because they're hiding something. It's because there's some reason they're behaving. There's some reason for the behavior. So if this is some innocuous, transparent, flu-like illness vaccine, like they're trying to tell us it is. Why? Why the hell all this suspicious behavior? Why? Why hiding the shots? Why criminal criminal proceedings against you if you if you if you analyze them? Why military distribution? Why? 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 You know, up and down with this thing from beginning. Then it's just shady, shady things. You know, so we're we're living mm-hmm. through potentially a genocide type situation now, a silent genocide of sorts.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to just see the different uh, distractions and different things that are going on. And it's like hard to keep up with because there's so many different things happening. I mean, you look at the banking sector, um, I keep coming back to it because a lot of our listeners are actually, you know, up to pace with what's happening in the banking sector. But there's so many things in the banking sector that if you and I did it, the general public did what um, these big banks and the, and the Federal Reserve are doing we'd be in prison. There's like no way we'd be able to like do these things. Um, But it's all out in the open. It's all out in the public. And it's almost like, I think from some of society is just accepting um, some of these like ways and just going, okay, it's what it is. And um, there there doesn't really seem to be like tons of pushback. It's more like, okay, um, what we've got going on here is pretty wild. Um, How are we going to navigate through all of this Um, given this wild environment and uh, but then you know there's it seems like there's politicians over in uh, holland that are actually going wait up no this is not cool and i'm sure we're seeing that over here but then that's also a very manipulated system too with a lot of money backing it as well and money will only go so far but um i mean i think we're all waking up and uh when i say all I think, you know, the people that need to wake up are going to wake up. And once enough people wake up to these things happening, changes are happening. See, I'm actually looking at this holistically. I'm actually excited about these times that we have right now, because I see that the corruption is becoming more and more obvious. The corruption is going to come more and more obvious. And there's going to be a point where. People are just going to say, no, we've had enough. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to do this with the food industry. We're not going to do this with our housing. We're not going to do this with our health and all of the different areas. And I mean, if you take this all the way out into the macro and you look at the astrological side of things, we're actually due to have new systems in our societies right now. Um, We're actually due to have new financial systems, new health systems, new um, new currency, new all these new things. And um, I don't know if it's going to be all sunshine lollipops. It seems like some of it, we've got some challenges to get to before then. Um, but I'm definitely remaining optimistic that the more of these things that happen, the more people wake up. And, um, and you're really doing a really good job at that. So um, thanks for being one of those pioneers to actually go out there and not only put this information together and put all of your time in there and, and collaborate this information in a compressed timeframe so busy people can check out a documentary and go, whoa, I didn't know that. And it's presented in a really logical manner by um, very um, qualified people to be able to speak on these topics. But in addition to that, you're also putting your money into it as well, and so I'm just going to say to our freedom hackers that are out there right now, if you guys want to donate and uh, to the cause of James's documentaries and all of the awesome work that he's doing, I'm wondering, James, where can people actually, um, you know, give a donation or, or like help chip in and support these uh, these causes of bringing awesome information to the surface? Like I said, big picture
0: that watch there's a support our work button at the top
1: yeah yeah beautiful so that's big picture watch we're going to have a link down in the show notes below and um why did you start big picture what dot watch what's happening on there and what can people expect if they jump over there
0: um i just i, I did play a lockdown and that was kind of a historical piece on that period and then in the interview series documentary in interview series but then i just continued the interview series continuing more films so made this sort of umbrella brand name site that, that I will put my work on. And then, and then people, if they have ideas to, to, to make films as well, they could, they can propose them as well. And if I approve it, it'll, a banner will go up there and, and it can be funded as well. So the idea was kind of do a crowd crowdfunded film journalism site.
1: Beautiful. that's so, awesome
0: Yeah. From now on, I'll just be doing everything under that name. Yeah.
1: Supporting independent research, you know, I think you touched on it before. Um, I suppose they call them reporters on the news, but they don't they're not really reporters. Reporters used to go out there and they they'd investigate and they'd actually find out, hey, what's going on here? And they would get to the bottom of it and then they would tell you what they think. And maybe they'd come back with a little bit of I don't know what the conclusion is, but here's some information here and here's some information here. And uh, it seems like reporters now, they've got a target. They have to go out and um, and report on the target. They've got uh, the delegated duties that have been given to them of certain topics that they have to share. So they're not really reporters, they're just um they're just translating information that's already been given to them. And it's yeah,
0: really press, press releases. Yeah, I mean a lot of the news is the same. Have you seen this this news montages so where they're all saying the same script?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like literally verbatim saying the same thing on all these yeah. different channels. And even in different countries, they're saying like the same thing verbatim. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's really that's not a that's not a coincidence. Um, OK, so um, nitrogen 2000, that's probably coming out in about six months. Where's my period where you're actually uncovering some of the mysteries that are happening behind the scenes with women and infertility? Um, when do you think that documentary would be coming out on big picture.watch?
0: I'm looking to have it finished by mid May. And then, um, yeah, I, I, then we've got a separate sort of marketing idea for that. So yeah. I don't wait to right now. Yeah. But we'll, but it'll be available. I think we're going to do different things and then, and then have it. And then I think have it for, for pay for a few months and then for free, something like that.
1: Beautiful. So make sure to jump over to bigpicture.watch and look out for those uh, documentaries coming out over there. What else um, have you been working on? What other information has been very surprising to you? Anything like worth sharing?
0: Yeah, I put out an interview on the transsexual issue just uh, last week. It was on, um, I found a journalist, a feminist journalist named Jennifer Bielek and she has a, a blog, 11th Hour blog. and. So she, she was really looking at how it's kind of this intersection for transhumanism and transsexualism that that it's really the same thing. So there was there was a, this guy named Martin Rothblatt. She really dug into these billionaires financing the movement, and it's this total top-down scam. You know, it's not there's no there's no grassroots transsexual stuff. It's all Soros. I mean, all the same characters are doing it, like Soros Gates. Uh, even Amazon guys doing it a lot, uh, but she she dug up a lot of names we haven't heard about, like uh, Pritzker. The there's the a cousin of the governor of Illinois, some weird big fat frog looking guy who cut his dick off and made a multi billion dollar foundation. It throws tons of money. They're one of the most richest powerful families in America. They they made their money in like department stores, I think, and then now they're mostly in the medical industrial complex. This this. Rick is (laughs) funding all this stuff about, he's throwing like $10 million at hundreds of medical schools each. And and just to to get them to incorporate all of this, like gender language, sex change clinics. And um, then there's this other weird guy named Martin Rothblatt, founded XM radio, really talented lawyer, but really sick individual, uh, wrote a book and was the the protege of uh, Ray Kurzweil at Google and um, wrote a book in 2010 called transsexualism to transhuman so you know this this push of facebook doing meta and and this push for this disembodied gender confused sort of like person i think um to 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 really make people controllable and i and one thing that really struck me weird about a research is that a lot of these people are actually doing it to themselves so I mean, they're probably like really sick, like rape victim type people, you know, that have been through a lot of trauma. And But they have this, they have this weird vision of like putting us into this sick online world. And then just like Martin Rothbard said, oh, you know, the idea of male and female is like the new apartheid. But like, that's an impression to have a man mm-hmm. and a woman to even define things as like that. I mean, like Jennifer says in this interview, like we're a dimorphic species. we we're, there's male and female. There's not. There's not a third one. Biologic. It's just biological reality. So I mean, to, to promote this this garbage is is a legitimate perspective of of people's total confusions. Or well, that's
1: that's the word right there. You know, confusion. That's like coming up for me as you're speaking about this. And confusion exists in so many different areas with the information that we're receiving right now. And if you actually study meditation. Um, And the states that you need to go to um, to actually become highly suggestible and reprogram yourself. And same with um, hypnotism as well. A confused mind is highly suggestible. So we're much easier. We're highly, highly, massively more easier to actually program or to suggest, auto-suggest information on on a subconscious level, which is about 95% of our thoughts for the average person is actually subconscious. Um, is actually highly suggestible when we are confused. And there's a lot of confusing stuff happening right now. A lot of confusing stuff with the vaccines and health and the banking systems and all of the sectors that I've I've already been mentioning. And it's even confusing to try and figure out what kind of food to eat. Because like, you know, 100 years ago, we could go to the grocery store and where we get our vegetables and everything was just like real, you know, now it's like confusing what we can even eat. It's like, and then there's the whole gender confusion. And so many young people don't know if they want to be a guy or a girl. And there's just, there's so much confusion. I think for so many people on so many topics. It's, um, it's a very confusing era to live in.
0: Certainly is. It makes me want to be a 1950s housewife or something. <laughs> yeah, it just like makes me love screw your husband a little bit. i mean this this is a joke it's it's like yeah this is too much you know you got all this you got the chemtrails you got the the medical creepy stuff you got i mean what what the hell like can't we get a break here you know and it's like i think we will i mean we will i I think these guys are pushing their hand too far they're too flagrant about it they're they're really you know people are going to start coming after them you know I think that they're they're just thinking they can get their little digital money thing and all their satellites in, in order before before they got mobs trying to kill them, you know. But I just don't think that this is a viable world, like the way they're pushing it. It just doesn't make – it's so confused and godless. It's so lost. Mm-hmm. How would it work? I just don't understand how any of this would even is going to fly, you know.
1: And if you look at things historically, um, and you know, also going back to the astrology of this, I mean, looking at one astrological factor, we're in a cycle right now of 250 years, which is called the revolutionary cycle. The last revolution was um, the Civil War here in America, and then before that, there was the French Revolution. You can go back and check the history on it. So we're actually due literally due for some kind of revolutionary experience to happen. If you look back at history, you look back at Rome, you look at all these different eras, there's a time where, um, you know, the, I suppose the evil powers or whatever, they never end up being sustainable. It never ends up winning. Um, but a, the, but a, the big question is, is like, how bad does it have to get until the majority of people say no to these things? Because that's where most of our power lies. It's, it's not in protesting. It's not in you know lighting up buildings or doing like crazy stuff. Yes, there's things to be done politically. Yes, there's things to be done in different areas. But just the simplicity of the majority of people disagreeing and saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to support that thing, whatever it is. Whether it's vaccinations, whether it's taking away our livestock, whether it's um, you know new currencies, whatever these things are, if people refuse to actually use those things, and if people actually refuse to support those things, then those things then become powerless or dramatically less powerful. And um, I think that's the real, real power that we have is the power of our decision making. And this is where all of your work comes in, and all of the information you share. I mean, you're not telling people what to think. You're just providing information. People can make, make their own, um, you know, synopsis of what they think is going on. But you're sharing the information that the average person isn't seeing because there's powers that are being that are actually withholding this kind of information right now. Yeah. So Sorry. there's another interview. Uh,
0: for, months ago with this French politician named Jean Lastalle. Mm-hmm. So he was just recently retired. He was member of Parliament three times for 15 years or member of Senate. Then he was uh ran president three times, about three percent each time, which is really big there. And then he took the vaccine, got injured, had four heart surgeries, and now he's pissed off and he's he's accusing a third Senate and Macron of faking their minds. So it's
1: a pretty big story. Wow. Well, yeah, there's so much to cover, man. Um, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing out there. Um, I hope that a lot of our freedom hackers are going to jump over to bigpicture.watch, actually check out what it is that you're doing over there. And if they feel compelled to support you and actually donate, and um, support this because it obviously takes money to travel to these places and record these interviews and do all of the editing and have all of the team that we need to to put these kinds of projects together. So yeah, I really, really appreciate everything that you're doing out there and um, pulling this information together in on the front lines. Again, one more time, people can go over and check you out over at bigpicture.watch. James, before we take off here, mate, is there any final words?
0: Yeah, it's, I'd say if, if any women or men, for that matter, are having uh, fertility issues, especially egregious, intense problems, um, and you're willing to go on camera, then email me at info at bigpicture.watch. Um, looking for more testimonies to illustrate the point. I know it takes a lot of bravery to do that. But um, if, if it helps to to prevent this from happening again. So if you know anyone or you are you are you are experienced something really egregious, please email me at info at bigpicture.watch.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And for all of our freedom hackers, until next week, this is Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. Live large, live free. <laughs> G'day, this is Bryce Robertson. I'm your host here at Freedom Hack Radio. And I truly, truly hope that you got a ton of value out of the episode that we just shared with you. And if you did, make sure to subscribe on your YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. Hit the notification button so you can find out about the next episodes as they come out. Because if you haven't achieved financial time and location freedom, you really need to be dialed in here. So make sure to subscribe and follow us along as you grow on your path to financial time and location freedom here at freedom hack radio